Hello everyone and welcome to the latest of the Echoes Everton podcast. Me, Phil Kirkbride, Everton editor Greg O'Keefe, uh, footy tipster Tony Scott and the statsman Gav Buckland back together to uh, chat through another week of uh, of the Blues and um, obviously you know we will touch on Palace and, and obviously the news that just as we came out uh, to record this that Brendan Galloway signed a new deal keeping him at the club until 2020 but the thrust and the main theme of, of today's chat is going to be the January window. It's Fast approaching, opens on January the 2nd, um, and a lot of discussion is sort of gathering pace, and particularly on the back of uh, Roberto Martinez's press conference today, where he's again sort of reaffirmed and reiterated that he doesn't intend, at least in public at least, he says he doesn't intend to do a great deal of business bringing into the club. Um, Greg, you, you saw the manager's comments today. Do you think that? You know, history would tell us that that would be the case, that he wouldn't do a great deal of, yeah. of, of, of ins. Um, do you think he will do any business? I hope so. Um, I know he said he doesn't intend to. That makes sense to me from a tactical point of view because you're not going to, or you're unwise to start talking about uh, you know, your plans now ahead of January because all it does is it, it potentially drives costs up of targets you may or may not have. It certainly puts other clubs on alert. You know, it just generally kind of attracts attention that, Martez probably doesn't want in January. Uh, you know, he likes to do his business quietly, as everything do. But most clubs do. They don't really want that uh, added pressure or scrutiny, or indeed financial aspect. People know what what they intend to do. I believe that they still do need to do a little bit of incoming. And anyway, I just think even if you're doing well, you look to supplement and build on it. Not too much that you you've suddenly got too many options. But I think in Everton's case, they still lack. I know we're absolutely flying in terms of the attacking sense lately. But I still believe they need a number 10, or they would benefit from a number 10. And um, perhaps even a little bit of defensive cover. So I mean, the goalkeeper issue, which we've discussed recently in the past, can probably wait until the summer now. Uh, I don't see the point in, in spending big on a number one to come in in January. When you've got Tim out and you've stood by him and put so much stock in him, you may as well wait and see what he wants to do in the summer and what the club wants to do. So, yeah, I do hope that he's just putting a smokescreen out more than anything else. Gav, the manager said January isn't a time to find solutions, as he puts it. Um, would you agree that you know he doesn't need to do much? Or would you maybe say yeah. more that he maybe actually does need to do a yeah, bit? Yeah, I agree with Greg. I don't, don't think he needs solutions. I think they can wait to the summer. But I do think there's some areas of the pits that we probably need to just supplement what we've got at the moment. Mm. I just, you know, whether we can do this in January is a, is a moot point. But I do think on the, on the left-hand side, you know, further up the pitch, um, you know, play Coney there and, and just just a bit more natural width if possible. But what that's going to happen in January, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a couple of factors that come into play. One I've mentioned before is we're in the Capital One Cup yeah, semi-final. Yeah. So we've got like quite a busy January. Seven, seven Cup, games in January. Yeah, and we've got, do you play Man City and Chelsea? And, yeah, and um, Swansea and as well, Spurs. Yeah. yeah, so you've got a really tough Premier League campaign in January that could make up the season plus two two semi-finals against Manchester City so for that and you don't know what's going to happen to you now on Christmas because Christmas is quite busy as well as we all know so I, I think we need to supplement some areas of the pitch on the wider perspective I think it might be quite a busy January because I think there's probably a lot of clubs at the moment thinking well with everybody struggling and people beating each other if we make the right type of signing in January we could do really well in the second half of the season so I anticipate, anticipate quite a busy busy market, um, but I, I do think we need to be part of that. Um, 
And I know, I, I, but I can understand why the Berto at this stage of the, uh, of the year is playing his cards close to his chest. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Gav mentioned maybe support on the left-hand side, you know, in, in, in sort of another play to maybe alleviate uh, the pressure off Aruna Kone and maybe defensive options. Would you think they were the two areas if, if the manager was to do anything he, he would? I th- um, just originally going back to the first point, I think um, Roberto Martinez will spend money in January. I think he's bluffing to say the truth. Spend money, won't spend just money. go loans or anything? No, I think he will money. spend money. Um, he went on at the start of the season about having, we're going to have to get this number 10, we're going to get this number 10, we're yeah. going to get him. And he yeah. never got him. Yeah. So it just shows you what he's telling the press and what actually happens is another thing. Second of all, on your point of trying to strengthen his left side and maybe defence, I think he's going to have to go out and buy a striker. We are so fortunate that Rom is injury-free and we're quite lucky that he's scored and he's banging form. One injury or suspension to him, and I think Everton are going to suffer dramatically throughout. I think that's where he's going to need to strengthen, especially in January. Difficulty is, if, is it not, if you go looking to buy somebody in January, you know, the price inevitably, as we found, skyrockets is it the wrong time to buy rather than maybe look for a, a loan or a free agent or something like that or? you're not going to get much for a loan or a free agent really if Everton are serious about any top four aspirations then they're going to go after go out and have to buy a really top notch centre forward as I said one injury to Rom and Everton are doomed really they, they rely heavily on him his goals and assists only back that up and I feel as if he's going to have to strengthen mm. up top in is January it, Is there a striker on Tony Scott's uh, shopping list? <laughs> no I don't envy Roberto's job there and obviously with the fun situation you don't know what it is but there's not many out there it looks like he'll have to go to South America where he's fond of <laughs> I mean, The other point with that though is, is Rom is obviously the number one choice striker isn't he mm. um, and he's probably be the number one three striker for most clubs at Hounds at the yeah. moment so how would you attract another top striker to Everton yeah. knowing that Rom is yeah, he's the main one. man well, yeah. would you play 4-4-2 yeah, or are you looking for somebody to adopt Kone's role effectively yeah, yeah. you know that support striker because Everton at times almost play 4-4-2 don't they yeah. a bit on Monday you know he came in really narrow and so maybe that's the, that's the type of striker, you know, somebody who can mm. fulfil that support role rather than somebody who's going to challenge Rom for his central pace, I don't know. Yeah. I think you're looking for somebody who can do everything, really. Bit of a jack of all trades, centre forward. Maybe someone who's been around, done a bit, you know, done a bit. It's not a very Roberto Martinez type of signing, so I'm sort of like, what I'm saying, I can't actually imagine him doing. Mm. So, you know, the way Moyes would bring in, say for argument, say a defender, like a uh, midfielder, sorry, this one never worked out, but Tom, Thomas Hitzelberger, who was getting on. Yeah. Or like you Lucas Neils. Or... Lucas Neils, someone yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Being around the block, yeah. you knew what you were getting, experienced, flexible, multi-positional. Is that a potential? It's, just, it's not it, a very smartness. Is, is, is Strack available, anybody? Tweet us if it is. Unless it's, it's a big leap of imagination to think that Leandro Rodriguez could go from being someone who's managing his introduction to English football at the 21 level. But he came in, they spent money on him, you know, he's looked like he's got a bit of potential. Yeah. I don't know if he'd be ready by January. The piece we did last week, I think as far as it hasn't changed, I don't think, is that Leandro probably won't be really pushed for the first team until next season, so I think that might be a bit too too soon for him. But, I mean, in terms of, um, you know, we sp- you, Tony, you spoke about going to spend on a striker, therefore, do we have to, and we were going to speak about it anyway, do we have to give more serious consideration to bids which will inevitably be coming for Stephen Naismith? 
who has this week suggested that he's going to have to sit down with the manager and speak about his future in January because of his lack of game time. And it's, obviously, it depends on the actual bid that came comes in for him. As I said, if another eight million bid comes in for him, I think Everton can't afford to let him go. He's that type of player where you're gonna need him in January, especially with these cup games and um, decisive league. You games. can just see him in one of the semis or in City. Apart or t- from Ron, he's one of the he? best strikers at the club. So in that case, why are we talking about Salmon? Why can't he be the striker that if Ron gets injured, he comes into the team? But this is what I mean. But you need more of this. Don't forget, Greg Everton have got Manchester City, Manchester City three times in a month. Spurs, Chelsea, FA Cup, Swansea. This is all sandwiched in between a month. They're gonna need yeah. bodies. All it takes is an injury or two. Yeah. And Everton really look. We go on about this squad, how big it is, how great yeah. it is. But as I said, one injury to Ron. And it throws that up leaves, on the air. That, that leaves Everton and Martinez in a difficult position because you can understand now for all in the world why they're going to keep holding Naismith. But Naismith's not going to be happy just playing on, on the bench every week on the off chance that they pick up a big injury. Because they might not. And it's yeah. not no way for him, I suppose, in the prime of his career. Well, in which he is, 29. Which he is, previously yeah. in good form. To be planning around. He basically wants to be. be what to be playing? Man, yeah. play and to, to be fair, you, you, you can't play him for wanting to yeah. play every week. He's one of them, he's not there for the money, is he? He probably can go and get better money elsewhere if he yeah. wanted to. So he wants to play every weekend, you can't blame him, lads, if he wants to if he wants to move on elsewhere, so be it. But I'd really like to keep him. He's one of them players where you need, if you're going to win things or you're going to win a big game or a crucial goal, that lad's going to get you. Well, if he wants to go, though, I mean, it's a, it's, and you get a decent offer, you've got to see the bigger picture. I mean, there's probably two or three players like that at the club at the moment, isn't it? They've been warm on the bench uh, this season. So, you know... I think you've got to see the bigger picture in the longer term. I think if somebody did come in with some decent-sized offer for those players in, the, in January, you'd, you'd have to listen to it, surely, if you get a bring a replacement in. See, me, I'd rather sell a Kevin Morales than a Stephen Naismith. I would, on the basis of that, I think Stephen Naismith will offer more for Everton from January till the end of the season than what Kevin Morales will. I think Morales is just self, self, self-important, and he's only concentrates on that way. Naismith's more of a team player, and he's liable to do something in a big game which Everton are going to have quite a lot of big games from now to the end of the season you could certainly feasibly play Naismith up front yeah. on his own in a way you wouldn't really be able to play Morales up front on his own it, 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 I think if Stephen Naismith plays up front on his own you know that lad is going to work his socks off and challenge every defender for every bit of space if Kevin Morales plays up front it's going to be to his feet so he's going to soak or yeah. he's not going to be mobile is he unless it comes to him then that, that's the end of it is, is Naismith a player Greg I'll put it to you is Naismith a player we don't really fully appreciate until it becomes this this point where we think actually he might go somebody sat not too far from me at the game on on Monday it was about 60 minutes in and I said oh, I wonder if you bring Naismith on and they went nah and then they went oh maybe as if to say the forgotten man almost mm. but then is that is it a case of you know we don't really appreciate him until the actual fear that he might actually leave us yeah possibly yeah I mean I think the, the difficulty is, isn't it, that no one's forgotten how good he was when he came on against Chelsea. Then, almost immediately the next game, he was back to being the Naismith who, is he ever good enough to be a regular starter? This is the issue, because he was back to being in and out of the game, to working hard, but having no tangible impact. And it was so, so frustrating, because he'd done all that, that shock factor at the Chelsea game, mm. and you just wanted him to build on that. And he couldn't on his next game out. And, you know, it's unfair to judge him on like that one game. Because people like Lukaku might have two or three in different games and then they'll start getting four. Yeah. Mm. So it's harsh to expect him to be like 
scoring a half second every game, for example. But no, I do. I agree that he's a really valuable asset. But I do wonder, as as Gav said, if eight millions are getting bandied around, it's a lot of money for a twenty-nine-year-old. Difficult. You've just got to have how, a replacement. How do you how do you replace mean. a player like him though? Where he... Difficult. Yeah, you're right. Difficult. No, uh, it's, it it's interesting. I mean, I think I think what this points to though, and I think this is something that probably needs addressing. If in January, perhaps well, maybe at the end of the season, is that if you have a look at our goal scoring plans this season, we are reliant on like two or three players yeah, to score yeah, goals. Yeah. I mean, I think there's only been six players That's who scored right, yeah. for us in the Premier League in 15 games, and like Funes Mori's got one. And I think it's, so. We're reliant on really same both of players: Lukaku, Ross. Mm. maybe Kone to score to score goals for yeah. us and I think it's not just if, if as Greg said there if Fromm if gets injured if Fromm loses a little bit of form he's on this great run at the moment which hopefully will last all season <laughs> um, but you know it's, 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 it's a, just to give him another option in a particular game and that, that's my biggest concern for us at the moment is, is, is whether we need the January transfer window to give us just more scoring options yeah. Full stop than what yeah. we've got that's at the moment. I think from speaking to the manager again today, I think a lot a lot of these decisions, not only with Naismith but with players like Darren Gibson, Aidan McGeady, who could well look to move out of the club in January because of Euro twenty sixteen, a lot of these decisions will be made at the back end of the window. Once we've come through the first semi final, you know, the game with Swansea. So it's all going to be late, I think. I think as we often find with Everton. I think all the cards will fall into place when the you know the domino effect towards the end of the month. So I think you know decisions are going to be up in the air a lot of the time. Wouldn't it be nice to get a couple of faces in early doors, as we've seen what happened last season with Alan Lennon, give everyone a boost, and Everton have got these big games yeah. early January. It would be nice. To... I I actually think the boost will be needed in February. Yeah. I think they'll have come through seven games in January. Hopefully, got through to the final. Tired legs, you know, really big occasions. Maybe the mental fatigue. I think it's February. I think it's those games that you're at home when you should be winning. I can't. I have to look, look at the fixture list. I think it's them games that will need a lift. How's your mate Troy Deeney doing? <laughs> was all for Troy. He was hey, obsessed. Phil was obsessed with Everton signing him in the summer. Obsessed. Yeah, he's a good player. Well, Too much money though, I think. But the minute, who yeah. knows? Picarlo as well as. I mean, just, what that shows you though, isn't it, when, you know, regarding the January transfer window, is if you do look around, there are good players who can come in and score goals for you, yeah. rather than like sort of looking at like, you know, medium range Premier League clubs or, you know, clubs in Europe, if you do scout around, there is, there are, you know, this is what people have got on to now, mm. that there are players around that you can pick up quite cheaply, who will do a really good job for you in, in the tough lights, especially... Mm this season where maybe the, the quality is not as great as what it was say five or six years ago um, and maybe that that's the answer I mean the other the other area I think I don't know whether you mentioned this but mm. Phil was, is maybe in centre defence where yeah, yeah, we are a little bit vulnerable aren't we at the moment because Jags yeah I think we are yeah, Jags, yeah. Jags, I mean, Jags will be back in January back. but Obviously, with Tyus now out for a considerable period, does you do you do feel that you know, say Jags isn't quite ready, and then what happens if Stones or Funes Mori took a knock? Look, Galloway play centre. Well, that, it would be a big. I mean, look, he's done brilliantly, hasn't he, at left yeah. back? But obviously, left back to centre half in the Premier League is a big difference, isn't yeah. it? I just wonder whether we'd be asking too much too soon, so, even of yeah. somebody of his, you know, ability and the way he's handled everything. We said, didn't we? What if Mori got injured today? You know, you got Saturday. You'd have to play Galloway centre half and then Baines would have to start at left back, yeah, wouldn't he? Galloway and Stones centre back. 
Well, what a knowledge off the front. fronts. The not off. If you were, if you had a big coming up against two decent centre forwards, then I'd be worrying. But knowledge aren't gonna offer you much, are they? Surely to be able to cope. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. This this points to the, the classic, as you said, like the classic Lucas Neal, so Thomas Hitzelsberger mm, yeah. type sign, and as a centre half, doesn't it? It's like that market. An older, experienced centre half will come in and do a job for you yeah. for for a few months. Well, wow, sort of like sort of in a bit of transition mm. in the sense of defence. Alcaraz, what's your two? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think yeah. that's why the, the the thought that Everton were mulling over a deal for Ron Flaw was quite popular. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I guess I guess he probably wasn't given any reassurances by the clubs that were looking at him that he would be playing now. And I think maybe because of his knee injury, the clubs went, Well, we need to see that you've played for six months before we can offer you anything mm. long term so you can understand why he went back but somebody if he's, I would I think Evan still should keep tabs on him for the sun because he'll still be a free agent after the yeah. six months at AZ Alkmaar and I just think you know he could be a good addition to the squad yeah I think on the wider perspective and it's not necessarily to do with Everton what this also shows up the, these type of conversations is that in the short term that, that bridging of the gap between academy and first team football is massive and you just can't you just can't do it can you know you know years ago when you had when you had like first team reserves a team and b team you could you know the reserve team was populated by, by and large, yeah, yeah. To, to bring players in the short term into the yeah. first team or those senior pros yeah. playing down it and what, what this shows is that that in the short term you can't in the past we've gone into got somebody in the reserves to come in and play because of the squad system and things like that, you can't do that now with the academy because of, because of the age really thing. And yeah. I think that makes it really difficult for, for clubs in the short term mm. to plan and you end up buying people in the January transfer window. Yeah, yeah. Where in the past, you would have said, oh, he's a good prospect in, yeah. in the reserves. He can come in and do a job for us and play for games. So that's how a lot of, I mean, yeah. that's a would have started like that, wouldn't he? Well, know? it opens the debate and... You know, we've had it in the echo quite a bit over over the past sort of eighteen months about the idea, and it's deviating from the window, so we won't go too much detail. But the idea that clubs should be able to um, compete with their B teams in the football league and the conference, so every week they're playing proper footy, so to speak, because the twenty one football can become very sterile, mm. and it becomes you know all about these pristine pitches. Yeah. It's all about passing. You know, you're not getting anybody in your face necessarily. Yeah. And I think that's why Everton use the loan markets frequently as they do. And I know a lot of fans react sort of furiously with a bit of anger sometimes. They say, why is he going out on loan? Why is he going out on loan? There's a very good reason. It's to actually man up, basically. Yeah. Learn about proper footing. Mm. And that but you know, comes back to your point. The gap is yeah. significant. And that's why we have these conversations. If you, if you need somebody to come in a centre-half site, you've got to look outside rather than yeah. in the club further down the ranks. And that's not a problem for... Of Everton's doing, that's just a wider yeah. problem of the, the way they've set the academy system. They got rid of the reserve team football and, and so on, uh, and, and and that's something that, unfortunately, this is a byproduct of that, isn't it? Really, that is. Yeah, I mean, you've got Conor Grant and David Henenle, who were out on loan, doing well. Conor Macaulay, he's not out on loan at the moment, but no, no. you know, Ledson. Are these he's lads ever going to? Yeah, it's another debate, another podcast, but. Are these lads ever going to actually? We're talking about a striker, we're talking about signing one. Well, are they ever going to be able to step up? I suppose it's, it's one in five. Maybe he'll make the transition and do the business and come in from the twenty-one I mean, to the first. If you, you know, if you, if we're looking for a striker, somebody to sort of maybe take the place of a Runa Kone every every other week. The guy watched the twenty-ones on Sunday against Liverpool, and the, their attacking play was brilliant. And there's so much potential in that group, and in the eighteens with Delisle, Brewster, etc., etc. 
but you would watch those lads and they're lads you know the slender you know they're not they're not big enough to play in the Premier League that's the fact you know yeah. that's you know it was a year ago isn't it tomorrow that these kids played against Krasnodar in the Europa League and it was a great experience for them mm. but you know they're still they're still boys effectively so you yeah. couldn't you couldn't ask yeah. of them to, to yeah. make the step it just wouldn't be fair yeah and as, as, the, as you know top life football has got faster and faster yeah. over the, you know, the last 10 years that's accelerated that gap between the two hasn't it really you know um, and I think that that's something that needs needs addressing really um, because we, we have a successful academy that's really highly thought of and um, but it's, it's, it's a problem really that clubs can immediately go within the ranks and, and bring in players it's your notice so you end up having to use the January transfer window to fill in, fill in the gaps you know Sorry do you think that obviously going back to Sarnens in mm. January do you think Roberto on the striker front would he go dip his toe into the transfer market in the championship? A Charlie Austin figure that'd probably suit Everton more than most if Rom got injured. Jordan Rhodes, someone of that ilk. Maybe, mate. I mean, he's not he's not afraid to buy players from the football leagues, is he? It's whether mm. I mean Charlie Austin has got Premier League experience, so maybe he would be an exception to a lot of the rule in terms of Jordan Rhodes hasn't played in the Premier League. Like, has he, if I'm, I don't know if he has. I don't think he has. Think he has. No. You know, so you're looking at a very specific sort of player. But you yeah. could, I mean, you Charlie Austin's a good shout. I think he's proven goal scorer in the Premier League. Mm. He'd hold the ball up well. He'd yeah, probably yeah. shoot Everton to answer a three. So that wouldn't surprise me. Where are Everton getting this money to go and buy a Charlie Austin? If they sell maybe, you know, if they sell Naismith. But we haven't really yet talked about McGeady or Gibson. I mean, two of them who we've seen little flashes over the piece what they've got to offer but almost I feel we're almost at the end of the line with both of them for different reasons what do you reckon Gavin I mean start with Gibson start, yeah start with Tony well, Tony Scott look like <laughs> Danny Gibson is he uh, should yeah. he basically should he go in January well I mean I think I think in a perfect world he'd like people to stay but I think you've got to move players on when their natural life at the club goes and I mean Darren's been there four years now hasn't he you see the number of games he's played in those four years if it comes to maybe an average 15 games a season if that, if that, if, probably, if that yeah. you know uh, it might be better for him and for the club to move on McGee's as I say he's got his own incentives to move on because he'll need game time Um so yeah, I would you, you would think there's probably four or five players maybe on the periphery, um, who perhaps might might move on, uh, and then it's it's bringing players in to fill fill those gaps because our bench is quite strong at the moment. So you do want to keep that. Yeah. You don't want to lose that strength in that area, you know. So. But then again, you know, McGeady's not had a look in since Barnsley. You know, done him how many match day squads he's been involved in, but he's certainly not played since Barnsley. And Gibson's been in and out the squad, so. Yeah the best will in the world and without sounding horrible about it if you lost them two you wouldn't really notice it would you we're being honest mm. just out of interest do you think anybody might want to buy one of our top players in January <laughs> no it's late let's be realistic because we've got no we've let's, got be, no. let's be realistic here it may, it may well be talking because we've got we've got no John, John Stones Rom even yeah we've got no player who's covered by a team by can play in Europe I would imagine yeah none of them would be cup tied I don't know um, you know it makes you wonder that actually I'm not saying that we should go out and sell three or four players but there's going to be there's yeah, going to be and that can cause a bit of unrest can't it yeah, you know because yeah. you know like 
the way the way things are in the transfer market, and that that will be you know another dimension to, to yeah, the January yeah. transfer window, yeah. which we don't normally have at Everton. No, don't don't recall it happening in January this year. Don't recall anything. I think like that. the last thing Everton was once, obviously with the big games in the semi-final, is like a long drawn-out affair with Ross or Rom or John Stones. But it wouldn't surprise me because there's going to be some managers under pressure, isn't he, in January? You're going to need players, and there's, there's so many big clubs in in England at the moment that are underachieving. So there there's going go. to be fan, there's going to be fan fan pressure on the likes yeah. of Arsenal, the likes of Man United, the likes of Chelsea. Uh, uh, base and City are going to be saying, "Listen, this play, this everyone's going on about Barkley, Lukaku, and John Stones. How good they are. Why not go and force the hands and maybe tempt Everton off with a fifty million pound bid for either?" I wonder whether Chelsea might just. It's it's it depends how much faith I suppose Maravich retains in Mourinho's latest era. Yeah. Whether or not he says no, we'll really back him. But certainly, I know Mourinho will probably be saying part of the reason why they're in this predicament. I'm guessing he'll be saying because we didn't. We didn't buy John Stones. Yeah. We didn't buy a centre because he must have suspected Ivanovic was something could happen, something could have gone wrong there. Yeah. Terry's been in and out, hasn't he? So yeah. defensively, they've been yeah. all over the place. Yeah, I think it will be an issue, but I might come back to haunt me. But I'd be amazed if Everton sold any of the top Likewise, players. Likewise, no, I, I, I just don't I agree with you. It won't happen. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we would, but yeah, it's you an can issue, just do yeah. without the, the, the general gossip. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The other thing as well, when you're talking about buying players from the Championship. Is because of the riches in the Premier League next year. There's probably not a lot of Championship clubs who be wanting to get rid of their, yeah. their top mm, players yeah. during the January transfer mm. window. So if you go in like so, you know, with the, you know, a chart. Not saying Charlie Aston specifically, but that yeah. type of level, he's got Premier League quality. Um, there's probably Championship clubs who won't want to get rid of those players in January because they'll be wanting to get in the Premier League mm. next year. So mm. there's a there's a multi-dimensional aspect to this January. I hate January window. Window. Yeah. But <laughs> I, think, I think it's a lot more. It's got a lot more complex and there's a lot more subplots this this January than yeah. any other January I can think of. You know. So McGeady. Um, I think Everton have got a lot of dead wood at the moment. Who's just basically knocking around, just picking up a wage every week. Obviously, you've got Gibson, McGeady, Osman, Hibbert. Oviedo, they're not, they're not bringing anything to the table really are they, and they're just picking up a wage, so me personally I wouldn't batter an eyelid of any of them five with just name going, I think they, they're not, what are they bringing to the table for Everton, they're not. Hibbert and Osman are different I would argue from Gibson and McGeady, if you listen to what the manager and some of the first team say in fairness, they are such a part of the club that they do offer something, now I'm very sceptical when Marnes says that by Hibbert going into the, tri- the, the dressing room on a match day and having a cup of tea and chatting yeah. away that that's a huge thing that justifies whatever you might be on a week I'm naturally sceptical about that yeah. but you hear it enough times it's not just the manager saying it you think yeah. well yeah. listen there's something to be said for that however I certainly don't think it extends to I don't think Aidan McGeady is going in delivering rousing mm. Braveheart-esque team talks mm. before before a semi-final in the League Cup so I agree with you there's Deadwood and Gibson and McGeady I know what you mean when you extend it to Osman and Hibbert. I'm not sure it's in the same bracket. Well, see, for argument's sake, Everton get, Coleman gets injured and Everton have to rely on Browning. What? Tony Hibbert taking away. Exactly. I see what you're saying. So yeah. uh, that's a fair point. The one player you mentioned there probably falls between both of them. It's Oviedo, isn't it? Mm. Man, I really like Oviedo, yeah. and it's really shame that he got injured a couple of years ago because I think he had the luck and being like a really. Good Premier League class player, but mm. he just picked up injury after injury. He's Everton's Daniel Sturridge, isn't he? He's just yeah. constantly injured. So he's, as I said, he's not. As he is a good player, but Everton fans are paying, they're paying 
good money for tickets and they're seeing players picking up a wage you just constantly aren't offering nothing are they so no they've got to be sold when's he under contract here Phil over here though this summer it's out this summer you're not going to get loads of money for him, no, and he's yeah, and he's well, and he's injured, so nobody's going to yeah. buy an injured footballer, aren't yeah. they? So, I mean, that's that's another one to discuss. But before we uh, before we wrap it up, we will look ahead to Norwich and Carrow Road, Greg, the place where it all began for Martinez with a two-one yeah, draw that day. Well. We were there. Haven't played fairly well that day, but the fairly you know changed team in, in many respects yeah. um, from from that from that day. And, and what are you expecting uh, when we go down there? Do you think we'll we'll sort of get a win or do you think it's going to be another day of frustration no or? we've got to can't be any any sort of um, question marks we've got to go there and win the reason why we're letting clubs like Palace and Liverpool just keep that little bit of distance between us is because as, as we were saying before we're drawing games we should be winning and eventually that habit's going to cost you of any genuine aspirations saying to lads before before we started recording me and you were just glancing at a newspaper article today and it was an interview with Kiko Flores, mm. and I was just saying to you, oh, I had a, a mental blank, where are Watford? <laughs> the same points as us. Yeah. Watford, is, yeah, yeah. now they've got no right to be on the same point as Everton and mine. Mm. Right? If you look yeah. at the strength of our squad, mm. they have got no right to be there. Our know-how, to use the term, of the Premier League, all that, our support base, everything, financial, resource, they shouldn't be on the same points. Mm. That frustrates the hell out of me. And you look at Bournemouth, yeah. where we drop points, other countless games where we drop points, we're flying at the moment. We need to go and we need to beat Norwich and no doubt about it. Gav, if we play as well as we did on <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't don't shoot me on this. But if we play as well as we did on Monday, which I believe we played very well, we'll go to Norwich and win comfortably, won't we? Yeah, I remember saying that about Bournemouth as well. <laughs> like, yeah. As long as we keep the defence tight, yeah, I, three points. Yeah, yeah. I can't see anything but three points because we've got too much of an attack and sense at the moment. No. And I think if we keep it tight at the back, uh, keep a clean sheet, which is then relatively small supply at the moment comfortable three points for the for the for the toffees um we've got basically because of the format within and our key players yeah. the format then yeah absolutely phil you said we played well we did play well we, i think what you mean is we attacked well because mm. we certainly didn't defend well well no because we conceded from a corner yeah, again so that's not something that you can sort of say oh but they played well because these things are cropping up too often and it's costing us points bournemouth the game they switch off mm. People are what, doing I the job. I think what is concerning, Phil, I spoke to a lot of Everton fans about the, the situations that to keep harping on about it. Don't they practice set pieces in training? Surely to God, because it's it's happening far and far too much. They're conceding from them, set yeah. pieces. Yeah, so defenders set pieces, they're conceding every single week. And we, we're going on about if you don't make the top four and you don't make the top six. This is we've we won five games out of fifteen, haven't we, this season? I think that, 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 that's poor. Everton are underachieved. They're great going forwards, but they're underachieving in my book. And I keep on saying every single week, they're underachieving. With this squad that mm. they've got, they're massively well, underachieving. I know, for, I know for a fact that they've worked on offensive set pieces because after Funes Morris got at Bournemouth, Martinez um, turned around and, and went beeline to Dennis Lawrence. And it, it since emerged, Dennis Lawrence had been working on that movement for Funes more yeah. all week. So we, they obviously work on them offensively. And I think they have improved, actually, even though some of them on Monday night were horrendous. Oh. <laughs> some of them were a bit better, but so to slowly, slowly progress. Defensively, I mean, you can't, you can't for one minute think that they don't work on them. That would be absolutely insane. But I don't know. Is it, is it, is it that simple that the organisation is there, they're in the right positions, and people are just switching off? I don't know. It, it, Happens too much for me. It, it, it does. It, it really happens too much for me, and it's, it's happened in 
far too many games. It's different players switching off, though, which suggests a lack of practice. Yeah. It's not just one where you can pinpoint that one individual needs yeah. to kind of go back to school, if you like. You've got, you've got people as good as John Stone switching off, Jags has done it. Now you've got Ross Barry. Ross Barry. Barry on. It, it's happening throughout the team. That's what massive concern and knowledge you're going to be playing on. Are they going to be whipping set pieces into the box on Saturday morning? Okay, well, hopefully it won't be an issue when we uh, when we meet next week. But uh, thanks very much for listening and uh, stay with the Echo for the, all the best blues news and analysis. Wie had dat gedacht? Van shoppen in Milaan naar achter de koopjes aan. <laughs> Gelukkig heeft Telford Smart Packers niet het laatste model telefoon, maar wel de beste prijs. <laughs> dat is toch genieten? Geniet ook zonder te veel te betalen met Telford Smart Packers. Zoals de Samsung Galaxy S7 met 1 giga en 150 minuten, nu voor maar 26,50 euro per maand. Doe hier voordeel mee, Telford. Let op, geld lenen kost geld.